We are in Helaman chapter 6 today. And it tells us, we know we're about 30 years before Christ. So, of course, we know this history well. The Nephites are going to get more and more wicked. And actually, the whole land is going to get more and more wicked. And it, we're told that it mirrors what will happen to us before the Savior comes. And so it's so interesting to read and study and kind of ask yourself in the back of your mind where we are, where you think we are, where you think you are. And so... um. As you go through this, just with this in mind, it tells us that the Lamanites have become the more part of them a righteous people, insomuch their righteousness did exceed that of the Nephites. And I think this is the first time that this has happened up to this point, and this is in Helaman. And so they t it really is an incredible thing that those who were wicked, who we termed as Lamanites, who started off cutting themselves off from the Lord, removing themselves from the Lord, have become more humble and the better part of the people. And the Nephites, who were the children of God and the children of the covenant, have become more wicked. And so the, you just it's sad to watch this and see this happen. And it's just, how does that happen? That's the question. How does that happen? And how do we make sure that it doesn't happen to us? And so as we go on, it does tell us that... Um, that The Nephites and the Lamanites, I'm looking at this, did fellowship one with another, and they could go where they wanted to go. They um, were prospered. I mean, these blessings are happening, that they have gold and silver and all these precious metals and all of this. It's just kind of this overview of what's happening and then we go all the way down to 17, and it says, For behold, the Lord had blessed them so long with the riches of the world that they had not been stirred up to anger, to wars, to bloodshed. Therefore, they began to set their hearts on riches, and they began to seek to get gain, that they might be lifted up one above another. Therefore, they began to commit secret murders, to rob, to plunder, that they might get gain. And the question that I have here is that I would ask is, when is a time that you can remember that your prayers were the most fervent? When did you cry and petition the Lord most strongly and why? And have you ever had a time in your life where you fell asleep while praying or you forgot to pray or kind of your scripture reading became casual. Why? What was happening in your life? And what will happen is there will be a discussion that leads to in the times when we are going through hard things, when we are struggling, when we feel like there are trials that we're trying to overcome. Those are the times that we tend to really pour our heart out to God and plead for his help. And so this is so key that the Lord has prospered them and blessed them so long. And we already know that the Lamanites exceed the Nephites in righteousness. That um, all of that prosperity and not having the trial of war and not having those other things happening has led them all to kind of this casual commitment to God, which leads to lifting themselves up in pride. And wanting prosperity or wanting to um, get gain. Their hearts being set on riches and, and other things than 
what they should be set on. And so I can remember many times thinking, why does God ever prosper us? Why does he ever? But we need to remember prosper is protection. Prosper is blessing us with an outpouring of his spirit. It is not necessarily financial. And so really these trials, the whole purpose of life was for us to come down and learn. And our greatest learning happens through trials and adversity. And so we need to remember that. And I need to remember that to have an eternal perspective, because so often when hard things start to happen, I think, why are you doing that? Stop. It's just enough for me to wake up each day and pray and do what I can do as a mom and keep ourselves headed in the right direction. But truly, the truth is we become casual. That is human nature. And so those very trials and adversities that we are going through are the very gifts that God gives us. I don't want to waste a moment of my life. I don't want to get to the other side and think, man, I blew that. I want to get to the other side and say, I did it. I can't believe how exhausting that was, but I did it. And look at how much stronger and how much better I am. And I want the Savior and my Heavenly Father to be pleased with the refining process that I have gone through and who I have become. And so I think this is such an illustration of that in our prayers. And so really asking ourselves, where are we spiritually? Where are our prayers? Is Are we casual? Are we getting more casual? Are we getting more... Um, heartfelt and more penitent in our prayers to our Heavenly Father and asking for His Spirit. Okay, so it tells us in 21, Satan did stir up the hearts of the more part of the Nephites. Okay, so we already know that in so much they did unite. And that's the problem when we become casual. Here it happens. They unite with the band of robbers and they did enter their covenants and their oaths that they would protect and preserve one another in whatsoever difficult circumstances they would be placed, that they should should not suffer for their murders, their plunderings and their stealings. Okay, so they're turning to the wrong thing for protection. And that's such a key thing. Whatever difficult circumstances, you're turning to the arm of flesh and not God. And here was my huge aha in 22. And it came to pass, they did have their signs, their secret signs and their secret words. And this, that they might distinguish a brother who had entered into a covenant that whatsoever wickedness his brother should do, he should not be injured by his brother, nor those who did take to belong to his band, who had taken this, and again, here's the word, covenant. And all of a sudden, these words in this scripture, we have signs, secret words, brother, and covenant. And I went, oh my gosh, Satan has completely twisted the temple. And that's what he does, right? He perverts truth. And so he gives this mimic or this um, false thing that God has created that leads to such great happiness. Satan gives the counterfeit. And here it is. He has perverted the temple. And they have their secret signs, their secret words. They call each other brother. They have covenants and oaths that they've made. And oh my word, they completely twist and pervert the temple. And he has given them the arm of flesh. He has given them the counterfeit. 
thinking that they will gain prosperity and that they will gain power and that they will gain happiness. And it tells us in 23, and thus they might murder, plunder, still commit whoredoms and all manner of wickedness, contrary to the laws of the country, but most importantly, to the laws of God. And where will that lead? We all know where will that lead. And so here we go. Let's go down to 25 or 26. Now behold, these secret oaths and covenants did not come to Gadianton from the records. Remember, Alma was told not to put them in, so he didn't. They did not come from the records. They were put into the heart of Gadianton by the same being who did entice our first parents. So here's the first. He enticed our first parents to eat the fruit. That's the first falsehood. That's the first perversion of truth. That's the first mimic of God's covenant and twisting the truth. 27, he does it with Cain and Abel. Okay, 23 or 28, he does it with the tower that will build. They will build to get to heaven so they can attain heaven without having to do it through the proper channel and the proper means. Four, that they who spread the works of darkness and abomination over the face of the whole land until he drags the people to an entire destruction and everlasting hell. That is his goal for all of us. That is his plan. And we have to know his people's plans. We have to judge righteous judgment. What is your goal? What is your desire for me? It never changes. He never sleeps. He does that. That is his focus 24-7. He will never trick us into doing good. And I love this scripture in Moroni 7-12. And this is so key. If you ever want to have a discussion with your kids or your students on how do you know if it's the Spirit speaking to you or someone else. And here it is. All things which are good cometh of God, and that which is, of, which is evil cometh of the devil. That is the truth. The devil is an enemy to God and fighteth against him continually. He will never whisper to you to do something kind. He will never whisper to you to say something thoughtful. He will never trick you into doing good. His goal is this exact thing to drag us down to an entire destruction and an everlasting hell. And here's a really cool scripture in 31. And now behold, he had got great hold on the hearts of the Nephites insomuch they had become exceeding wicked. And the more part of them had turned out of the way. And this just so goes with yesterday's that we they turned them about. They did a 180 and focused back on the Lord and saw the light that Nephi and Lehi were encircled with. They saw the angels and angels came down. We have to make sure we are going on a straight course, that we don't turn to the right or the left. So here's those words again that so pierced me, turned out of the way. What is our way? Where do we want to go? What is the path that I am walking on? Because here's the thing, the Lord's path has been his path from the very beginning and if we don't turn to the right or the left and we stay on the path, we're told it is a straight course that leads to eternal life. And not only that, we're told it's a narrow way that we are told by so many there. I cannot number the ways you can sin. There are so many paths that Satan can lead us on to the right and to the left. But God's path is one straight course that leads to the tree, that leads to partaking the fruit, that leads to joy. And we don't ever have to wonder because it's all one 
path. And we should be able to find it by doing those things he's taught us to do. By praying our hearts out, our most sincere prayer. Praying to be humble. Repenting. Repenting is what leads to humility. And doing the scriptures and doing our prayers and doing come follow me. That keeps us on the path. That gets us to walk with the spirit that protects us and prospers us and guides us continually on that path to the fruit, which is where we want to go. And then in verse 34, and thus we see the Nephites to begin to dwindle in unbelief and grow in wickedness and abomination, while the Lamanites began to grow exceedingly in a knowledge of God. And they did keep his statutes and his commandments and walked in truth and uprightness before him. And it tells us the spirit withdrew from the Nephites, but that, and I love this, and it's right here, um, 36, and thus we see the Lord did pour out his spirit on the Lamanites. And the reason I love that is those words pour out. It is not a trickle. It is not a glass of water. That is a pitcher. That's what I see in my mind pouring out and it is gushing forth because of their righteousness. And if we want that spirit, then we do the same things those Lamanites did. We do those daily things. But here's the other thing in 37. And it came to pass the Lamanites did hunt the bad of robbers of Gadianton, and they did preach the word of God to them. The word had a more powerful effect than anything else among the wicked part of them, insomuch this band of robbers was utterly destroyed. That came from the word of God and hunting them out and ridding themselves. It's not a cancer that we ignore and just think it'll go away. It, you cannot do that. You have to root it out. And then it tells us in opposition 38, the Nephites who ignored it did build them up, support them, beginning at the more wicked part until they had overspread the land of the Nephites and had seduced the more part of the righteous until they had come down to believe in their works, partake of their spoils, and join with them, leaned on the arm of flesh, and looked to them to give them what they wanted. And isn't that so sad? And it tells us in 39, the soul, the government had become wicked, um, they turned, and here's the fruits of how you know how wicked, they turned their back on the humble followers and the meek and the poor. That's such a witness. And if you want to increase your humility, then donate to the poor. Look for what you can do for those around you who need. We have to do charity. We have to do service. Those are the things that keep us tethered to the Lord. And this whole chapter is such an illustration of that. That which is good cometh of God, and inviteth and enticeth to do good continually. That which is evil cometh of Satan, and he has no good end for us. He wants to drag us down to a gulf of everlasting misery and woe. And it tells us in 40, and thus we see they were ripening for destruction. And so really this chapter is all about how are our prayers, where are we at? It's a... It's a check, an eternal check for the family and for yourselves. Are we ripening for destruction? Or are we growing closer to God? This is still 23 years before Christ. They've still got time. It's time to do a check and see where we're at. And I love that internal check that it gives us and to see the spirit leadeth to do good. So let's make sure we're operating with the spirit. I hope you know the church is true. And more than that, I hope you know how much the Savior loves you.